So good morning, everyone. Um, it's really amazing how the Holy Spirit works. I mean, I'm just always in awe of him. I'm learning more and more about him every day. But even just this morning, like listening to the worship team and the songs they were singing and then the prayer that Larry spoke goes seriously into the message that I'm bringing. And I didn't talk to them. Mr. Rosales can tell you, like I didn't talk to them and say, hey, why don't y'all do these songs? It's all Holy Spirit-led. Same thing. Like, you know, we don't tell Larry what to pray. It's all Holy Spirit-led. And so let's start off this morning by um, just praying and thanking the Lord. So, Papa, we just love you and we thank you. You are such an amazing and beautiful and awesome God. We thank you that we get to be here, that we're breathing life another day. Thank you that we get to come freely into a church, that we get to come and just worship together and be edified together, and that corporately we get to praise you and seek you and just hear your voice and what you're speaking over everybody. We just submit ourselves to you that you would continue to flow and speak. I ask, Holy Spirit, that it is your word speaking through me and that I am just your vessel and that your words would just penetrate into the hearts and the ears and they would hear exactly what it is that you're speaking to them, each and every one of them, and that just as in when Holy Spirit fell in the Acts church, that it would be the same thing where everybody was hearing you in their language. And so I ask you to just speak into them the message that you have for them, Lord. We just praise your holy name and we honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I just want to share with you about the kingdom of Cambodia. That's actually what the nation of Cambodia is called. Its name is kingdom of Cambodia. Um, before I start, though, I do want to say thank you to my mama. She's here this morning. And um, my nieces, Ali's been coming to Awana forever. But my other two nieces, Samantha and Jessica, joined us this morning. They actually go to Nueva, but they missed that out so that they could come and listen today, of course. Um, and so I just want to share with you guys, um, Kingdom of Cambodia, typically, in, if you remember any of my previous presentation about the nations I've been to, I always quote Isaiah 6-8, which is what started me into missions. But God has been speaking to me about Psalm 2-8, and it says, ask of me and I will give the nations as your inheritance. And for some of you that were here when Paul and Victoria initially gave me the word about nations, part of that word was that. Victoria said that she had seen um, like at the Olympic service where the first person that leads all the nations in and all these nations come in behind her, that's what she saw over me. And so God has been reminding me of that particular thing in this verse. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as their inheritance. Um, but we're going to actually start in John chapter 19 this morning. So if you'll go over to John 19, 35 through 36. I know most of you guys typically have the new King James Version. You have a spirit-filled life Bible. Um, I actually like reading different translations to see kind of how different things, and many of us here are loving the Passion Translation, and so I use that one. So the Passion Translation says, I, John, do testify to the certainty of what took place, and I write the truth so that you might also believe. For all these things happen to fulfill the prophecies of the Scripture. And so the word here that I want to take out is testimony. Um, so what, what would this testify to you guys? Well, what are you going to believe? You already believe in Jesus. I'm pretty sure most of you here are saved already, or you probably wouldn't be here. And so I'm not going to tell you things so that you would believe in Jesus, but what I'm going to share with you is so that you would believe in the call that God has upon your life. Because I know that many of you have received words as well. Many of you have gotten prophecies from Janine and Jill and... Um, 
Andy and uh, Paul and Victoria. So all of you guys probably can have a notebook filled with words that you have received, especially if you've been walking in this life with Jesus for a good amount of time. You probably have novels of words that have been spoken over you. And so what do I want to share with you? Well, for me, it's the spirit of prophecy. And that's another thing that was kind of spoken in the word this morning through worship and through Larry is about prophecy. And so um, my prophetic journey started in Rio, actually, in 2017. So when I went to that very first mission school, there were like 80-something people there. And so as we were praying for one another, and even when we'd go out and do street ministry, we would pray for people, and everybody around me was getting these amazing words. And they would just start speaking over these people. And I'm there with, like, nothing. And I would, like, close my eyes because I'm a visual person. So I would close my eyes, and I literally would see black. That's all I would see, just black. So I was like, Lord... I mean, am am I not holy? Like, why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't I getting words? Why am I seeing black? Does that mean I'm not saved because I'm seeing black and black is death? Like, what is going on here? And so everything's going on in my head while these amazing words are being given. And so it just kept, like, staying with me. And I was like, okay, Jesus, why aren't you speaking to me? Like, why can't I have this gift? And so I just kept praying and asking. And I'm not kidding, that school was like three and a half weeks. And we were at week three, and I'm still getting nothing and seeing nothing. And so I'm just praying what I know to pray over people, and that's it. And so finally I was like, okay, Jesus, this isn't cool anymore with me. Like, I I don't like that I can't get these amazing revelatory words. So what is going on? And then he reminded me of a time when Janine was here. And she had Lindsay and she had Will up also giving words to the people. And I I didn't think anything about, hey, I want to do that. That wasn't even on my head. And then I remember that she called me out, and she was like, you have the gift of prophecy. And I was like, no. I voiced no. And she said, yes, are you getting something now? And I was like, no, because I don't got this. And so they kept going and kept going. And then, again, she called me out. And it happened that she was praying for Avery. And so I had a word for Avery. And so I went and I gave the word for Avery. And I remember that the whole time I hear this other little voice being like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just making this stuff up. This isn't even happening. Like, you're just trying to say something because you're on the spot. But I'm still giving the word. Still got to release what I'm hearing. And so then later, Alpha approaches me and she tells me, what you said was spot on. Amazing. Because I hear the little voice telling me, no, I'm wrong, right? So God reminds me of that when I'm in Rio. And he's like, remember you said no? I was like, yes. He's like, you didn't want it. I was like, but I do want it. And so, like, three days later, the pastor over the school, she's praying over everybody because we're about to be commissioned out. And so I remember that she's, she said she wanted to pray for every single student. And so she's praying. And when it comes to my turn, in that school, we each had different chores. And so they, they were like, you know what, guys? The time is getting, like, longer. We need to eat lunch. So we need the lunch team to go ahead and come up so we can pray for them so they can go prepare lunch. So then literally she laid her hand on me when they made that announcement. And, so, and then she walked off. So she didn't really pray for me. And so at the very end, I was like, you know, she didn't pray for me, really. She laid a hand on me, but no words came out of her mouth. So I'm going to ask her if she'll pray. And so I did. I waited till everybody was done. I went up to her, and I said, Pastor Fernanda, you didn't get to pray for me. And she was like, I didn't. Well, let me do this now. And so she takes my hands. We're standing face to face. She takes both of my hands, and she says, 
you have the gift of prophecy. Yes, I get redemption. So I was like, okay. And so she just starts revealing this big word. And she says, it's going to start like it is now, one-on-one, where you'll get to prophesy over people. But then I see you prophesying over groups. And then I see you on a stage prophesying over entire stadiums. And you just got to remember that it's the Holy Spirit, and you let him speak. And then don't add anything to it. When it's done, just finish it. And you say whatever it is that he's saying or whatever it is that you're seeing. That's what you speak. You don't try to reason it. You don't try to make sense of it. You just say it. So I was like, okay. So that's kind of what has started this amazing prophetic journey. And let me tell you, I have gotten some really weird things, really weird images, board games, tugboats, like really crazy things. And I never ask the person after I give them the word, like, hey, did that make sense? I just keep on going. But thankfully, they've come up to me and been like, hey, you know that tugboat you saw? This is what it meant. And so it's like confirmation, not to build me up, but to tell me like, hey, keep doing this because you're getting it right. You're not just making up images in your head. And so that's been an amazing thing. So right before me going to Cambodia, I had went to a Chris Volatin conference in Dallas. And even all of that was amazing because, you know, guys, I wasn't working at that time. And so I was like, Lord, I want to go. He provided everything for me to go. He provided a humongous house on humongous acreage that even had a disc golf course on it for me to go and stay at. And I was by myself. I was like, are you kidding me? I was just saying, Jesus, give me a couch to sleep on. And he gave me this huge house. And so in that conference, Chris taught about prophecy because he is a prophet but also about words of knowledge not Chris Dalton I'm sorry shambles about words of knowledge and I was like Lord yeah like words of knowledge I want to flow in that too like give me this gift because it is one of the gifts and so he actually had us practice he's like okay everybody like we're going to practice this I want somebody to stand up and he points this guy out and says think of your birthday and don't say it. And so he's like, okay, everybody start thinking about his birthday. Ask Holy Spirit to tell you what this guy's birthday is. And so we're asking. And so then he's like, okay, who thinks it's in January, February? And so if you remain standing, like if you had the month wrong, he would say, okay, what month is it? And so it was April. So everybody who did not have April had to sit. So we go through this. You know, I got his birthday, right? I was like, wow, this is amazing. Okay, Lord, I want more of this. Like I want more words of knowledge. Okay, that's what happened to me in Cambodia. So I'm going to share some of these pictures with you. Um, This is our kids' club. And so these are some of our kids. Often you see the kids don't have the shirts on, the boys. They typically don't have the shirts on. Smaller boys typically have nothing on. They're running around just completely naked, okay? Um, I tried to make sure I didn't have any of those pictures in here. But these are our kiddos. Um, we, in our kids' club, we teach them how to pray. Um, then we play games with them. We give them a Bible lesson. We give them a snack, and then that ends it. And then we repeat in the afternoon. This, as you can see, the community that we work in, it's actually a slum. So it's built on a railroad track, and it's also a garbage dump. And so there's trash everywhere. A lot of the houses, like it's not even a house. You rent a room. It's made of like the, the boards, wood flooring, but not the cute little decorative thin. It's like thick boards, spaces in between every board. You look down, and you literally see the piles of trash that are down there. And so it's, it's really different. But these are some of our kiddos. Um, you can see the railroad track. We actually lay down our little tarp between the railroad tracks. And then we um, just play with our kids in there, and we kind of do little stations. And so this was one of our stations. And you can kind of see on the side the, um, those little stones. They look kind of decorative, what you put in your yards, but that's not what they are there. 
And then um, one of the things we got to do also is we went on outreach. And so we went to the Thai border. And there, um, if anybody knows anything about Cambodia, it has a very dark history. There was a mass genocide in the late 70s that, that went for um, all the way to, like, I think, end of the 80s. And so they put landmines through the border so that the Cambodians couldn't escape because they tried to put mostly all of the Cambodians into labor camps. And so they didn't want them escaping, so they put landmines all over the border. Where we went, they actually still had landmines. And so we had paths that we could not go beyond these borders that were marked because we could potentially be blown up by a landmine. And so they're still out there digging those up. But we got to do an outreach out in the community. Um, we took, like, the projector and stuff. And so they just gathered people from all around to come and hear the word of the Lord. These are some of the kiddos that came. We went to two different places, so this is in the first place. So, you know, for outreach, you know, a lot of times in Kids Club or Iwana, we think about what can we do for the kids, what games can we have. We have very limited resources, so we literally can get, sometimes teams will bring us face paint, and we have balloons, and that's what we use to entertain kids. A soccer ball goes very far with these kiddos. They love football. Um, this is in our second location, and so if you see a lot of these little kids, um, most of these kids got baptized last day. Right behind this church, there was a river. And so we had one lady who said she wanted to be baptized, and we're like, hey, we got a river. Let's do this. And so we did mass baptism that day. Uh, this is back to the first location, again, with our kiddos. Um, here, um, this is his name is Pati. He's one of our Kamai staff at the Scenicville base. He's just teaching the kids. Um, he's actually teaching them about good touch, bad touch. And then a volleyball court. So many of you guys know that I love volleyball. And when I started my missionary journey, I told the Lord, I was like, okay, Lord, I will go anywhere. I will do anything. But, you know, I know the work is hard, and sometimes I'm going to need to be able to just kind of relieve stress. And you know I love volleyball. So wherever I go, it'd be amazing if I could just play volleyball. And, you know, everywhere I've been, there has been a volleyball court. Everywhere I've been. So seek, ask, and you shall receive. Um, okay, again, more of our kiddos. Um, this one, what happened here is that very first picture I showed with the projector. So they were given the message to the adults. And so the kids are off to the side, and they're getting a little rowdy. And so I was like, you know, let me go over there because I know the adults can't hear because of the noise from the kids. So I was like, kids, you know, let's be quiet. Let's listen. They weren't trying to hear it. So I was like, okay. And, and at this time, because I go over there, now more kids come. And so now we end up with this big group of kids, and I was like, okay, what are we going to do? We need to do something where we can keep them quiet. So I called one of the Kamai staff over, and I was like, hey, Thuch, come help me. And so he comes over, and so we literally just play a game. It wasn't a loud game. It was a quieter game. So we play a quieter game with these kids, and we entertain these kids while the adults are getting ministered to and prophesied over. So it was amazing. And so these were some of the kids. Um, and then, of course, the little ones, as they kept coming, we were just adding more and more kids. Um, and as you can see, again, the little one in front, no shirts on. Most of them typically don't have shirts on. Um, and this is how these families got there. You see this old school tractor? I don't even know if they used to have those here in America. I, I don't even know how to operate it. It looked super difficult how to operate this tractor. But they literally go around with this tractor, and people get in. They bring them. They go back around, and people just jump in, and they come. And so at this, it was the end of the day, and they were taking them back. Um, these are some of the, the ladies that accepted Jesus that day. Woo! This amazing lady as well. 
Um, this one's that second location where I showed you all the front of the church. This is actually what it looks like. So you can see it's open. There's no air conditioning, heat, none of that. It's breeze that blows through. Um, this young lady here that's got the mic, she is actually one of our Kamai staff. She was actually a trafficking victim as well. And so she got rescued out of trafficking. She works with us now, and she's sharing her story so that they could, like, learn signs of how to prevent um, labor trafficking. Um, this happened at the very end of November. Mm-hmm. So that's the end of rainy season, and so it's still a little cool. It hasn't come to hot season yet. So basically, um, hot season hit us early February, and when I left, oh, it was so hot. Like, it's hot and super humid. So temperatures, upper 80s, 90s, humidity, 70, 80% humidity. Like, so it's just hot. Um, rainy season just started now. So that's basically they have three seasons, rainy after rainy hot. Yes, and that's what it is. Um, this lady here, so this was our, our ministry team. I'll show you a picture in a minute. But this, on the second city we went to, the province we went to, um, we actually got to go out in teams and minister to the people that live there who didn't come over to our outreach. And so this is one of the ladies that we got to prophesy over. The word that we gave her um, was amazing for her everywhere it was just spot on as after we revealed it she was like this is what's happening and it hit everything that we spoke this is the water baptism this is where i said that the river was behind that church so we just took people and started baptizing them oh i put that in there twice my bad this is a game we play with the kids y'all should recognize it aren't here but we've played this game with our youth i know the nova youth have played this game so it's a different version of rock paper scissors it's like wizards elves and women or something it's something crazy but basically this was the game that we got to play with them um the gentleman that was talking is bong voon he's our oldest staff member he's been there even before iris took over this organization there in cambodia um and so he does speak English, and he swears he understands English. But every time that I talk to him, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then immediately after, he'll ask questions that I just told him. I was like, Vaughn, I just told you that. Like, did you not understand me? So it's really this funny kind of game that, that he likes to play. Um, so I'm going to share another verse with you guys. It's in Luke 10.1. Uh, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. 
Um, this is what I love. Like usually on my, my missionary travels, the Bible completely comes to life in a whole amazing way. And so many of us have read how he sends out the 70. Um, this one says 70. I think in Matthew it says 72. Um, but regardless, he sends out, he sends them out in pairs. And so on our second trip, this is where these kids let us out. The group that we went to pray for the people, these were our leaders, these two little girls. And I loved it because the minute they started walking and told us to follow them, I was like, Jesus told me. And he sent them out two by two. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is how it was. And, I mean, I imagine the road. You don't see houses. We had to walk for a ways to get to any houses. And so it was beautiful because where the gospel is so new in that community, it started with the children. And so a lot of those children that got baptized, they're the ones who have actually been going out to tell the adults about Jesus. And it is amazing. And so I love that he sent them out two by two. And these little girls were amazing. Um, let's see. Another area I want to share that, that God talked to me about was like listening and hearing his voice. And for parents, most of the time, you know, there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? You tell your kiddo, go throw the trash. Did they hear you? Yes. How do you know if they listened? Did they do it or not, right? Did they do it or not? And so that's the thing that God has been showing me about being able to hear him or being able to actually listen to his voice. And so I have a few verses here. First Samuel 3.10, And the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Mark 4.23, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then John 10:27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So how do we know if we're a sheep? Do we listen to his voice? Because he knows us if we listen. Okay. So this gentleman here, I don't remember his exact age, but he was in his 80s. And so this is in the second outreach. So one of the gifts that, that's, you know, one of the spiritual gifts is discernment of the spirit, right? And so I have walked in that before. I know what it's like. But he's given me a new aspect of it. Now I actually can feel what's going on. And it's really crazy. And sometimes I don't like it. But in this instance, we were actually sitting in the background. You can see what looks like a table. So on those, they usually sit on them or they lay on them to sleep. Um, typically, they wouldn't sit on them to eat. They would sit on the floor in a circle and you eat this way um, and so we were sitting on that table and as we're sitting there I just feel this just an immediate sadness I wanted to cry I felt a heaviness and I was like Jesus what is this because we had several people there so I was like what is this who is this for and so he tells me the man in front of you has him been sleeping because he went through horrific things in the Khmer Rouge and he saw horrific things in the Khmer Rouge. And I knew what that meant because Khmer Rouge was torture. It was murder. It was awful. And so I knew exactly what that was. And so as um, all of our teams had a Khmer staff member so that they could do, talk the language and then they would ask us if we had a word. Um, and when I say Khmer, so it's Cambodia, but when you talk about the people, the language, the food, you say Khmer. Um, and so um, she's talking to them. She's just telling them about Jesus. And then so she asked, does anybody have anything? And it was so heavy that I honestly didn't want to share it. I was like, this is too heavy. And what if it's wrong? Like, what if I say, you've seen this and he hasn't. And then I just put this image in his head. 
So I just kind of sat there and was praying, and then um, Jillian, she was like, Christy, you have something. And I was like, mm, Jesus is tag-taking me right now. And I was like, yes, I do. And so I started just talking to this gentleman, and he starts to cry. And he says, it's like you've been sleeping in my room. How do you know this? And so I got to tell him, it's because Jesus is telling me these things, and he's showing me these things, and I actually feel what you're feeling. And he's just crying and crying. And he was like, yes, I have seen, and yes, I can't sleep because of the images that are in my head. And so we got to just minister to him and pray over him. And then it's crazy because, you know, when we miss it, God never misses it. And so we had what we didn't know at that time, but we had a small issue with translation. What we thought was that we asked him, do you know Jesus? What we thought the answer was, was, yes, I've met him. I'm just not serving him now. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we'd like to invite you over um, because we're going to show the Jesus film that night. We're like, well, we'd like to invite you to come and watch the Jesus film. And so that's how we left it. Well, come to find out, he did not know Jesus. It was a translation issue. But thankfully, we're God tag teams, that another team had went by there on their way back to the where we were meeting, and they talked to him, and they asked him if he knew Jesus. And so that translation was right. He said no, but that he had just gotten this word and just met him through us. And so they actually led him through the salvation prayer and got to do all of that with him. And so this 80-something-year-old man got saved in no, like November 30th, 2018. That was a miracle. Um, but what, what I want to share is if I wasn't listening to the voice of God and if I wasn't obedient to what he was saying, I would have missed it. I'm not saying the man would have missed it because another team came around, but I would have missed out on that. You know, but I got to just continue to practice the gift that God has me walking in. And it's amazing to see what he has done. Um, one of the areas, well, another lady that we got to minister to on her property, she was very shy to even let us come and talk to her because over there it's Buddhist, and so they don't know about Jesus. You have to tell them about Jesus. And when we say prayer, they don't know what prayer is. You have to explain to them what you're about to do when you pray to them because the Buddhist monks don't pray. They chant and give a blessing. And so they don't. you have to explain all these basic things to anybody before they even let you minister to them. And so she was reluctant, but she finally let us. And so we start talking to her, and again, God gives me a word for her. So I go to release this word, and she says, are you a fortune teller? Did you come from Batambang? Because that was the nearest city. And I was like, no, I am not a fortune teller. This is how I know. And so then I got to tell her about Jesus showing me these things, and she also accepted Jesus. And so it was amazing to see how words of knowledge that God gives us is what's leading people. And so that testimony is what I want to share with you in the hopes that you will also walk in the giftings that God has over you. Um, Rune, this is a lady from our community, the railroad community. This lady has HIV. And over there, HIV is like a leper. You don't want to be around them. You don't want to touch them. They can't get jobs. They actually have to carry these little cards with them that says they have HIV. And so it's really sad. Most of the time, it's hard for them to find anywhere to live. It's very difficult. But right away from the get-go, God put her on my heart. And so the Cambodian culture is not a touchy culture. They don't touch. But, you know, we are. 
And so I would just kind of get close to them, and I would start by just kind of putting my arm, like, on their shoulder, and then just kind of, you know, talk to them a little bit, smile at them. And then the next time I'd kind of get a little closer and do, like, this kind of side hug. And so I'm not kidding, guys. I have the community that we work in. The majority of the ladies come up to me, and they hug me. I don't have to go hug them first. They come and hug me. I've had where I'm hugging a lady, and a a new lady will see And she looks, and I know, I was like, she wants a hug. And so then she'll eventually come over, and I get to hug her right away. So then I don't even have to go through a slow process. It's just an immediate, full-on hug. Um, And so this lady, Rune, she's, she's such a beautiful lady. And so I don't mind hugging her. I'm like, Lord, I mean come on, it's, it's HIV. Oh, well, like you're just, it's going to be okay. And so I hug her and I love on her and she knows that I don't speak Khmer very well. She knows that I have super basic. How are you doing? Okay. That's all I got. But she will sit and talk with me and she looks at me and she's talking, 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 talking. And I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And all she wants is for someone to hear her because she doesn't have that because she has HIV. And people don't want to listen. And she will just talk. And she's okay that I don't understand a word that she's saying. And she's good with it. And at first, the other social worker, um, Saddam, I would have him kind of tell me, like, okay, what did she just say? But she's at the point now that she's like, I don't care if Christy, like, gets a translation. It doesn't matter. And so she doesn't wait for him to translate anything. She'll just talk, 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 get her hug, and go. And I'm like, okay, that's good. You know, I can say a prayer. If God gives me something, I will say, hey, so don't come translate. Um, But sometimes, guys, people just want somebody to listen to them. And that's where we've got to be that person, to not just hear them, but to actually focus and listen, to put our cell phone away and not be distracted and just completely hear them and see what's going on. She's okay that maybe I can't help her or respond to her. She just needs somebody to listen. And so that's been an amazing journey. Um, this one here. So the motto for um, Heidi Baker's organization, Iris, she's got a few. Stop for the one. Um, there's always enough and love looks like something. And so I want to show you guys what stopping for the one looks like. This is some of our girls at our community. Um, once you get your phone out to take a picture, they just kind of flood you. And so here come all these amazing girls. Again, this is what our community looks like. It's literally on a railroad um, track. That one's an old car, and so people actually live in there. Um, And so you kind of see their laundry hanging out. This is one of my favorites. I know parents are not supposed to have favorite kids, but sometimes you kind of favor one over the other sometimes, if we're real. This is one of my favorite kiddos. I have a couple that are my favorites. So this is Ganchina, and she is absolutely my favorite. Um, and anywhere you go, that's another thing about carrying the presence of God. Larry has shared before that, that presence attracts people. And so they come and they talk to you and want to give you their problems. So these girls, um, I actually went to visit a friend of mine where she lives. And these girls immediately come out. And they knew English, most of them. I think one of them didn't. And so immediately they're talking. And, you know, they were trying to lead me to Jesus. They did not know I was a Christian. They didn't know. And so they're like, do you go to church? I was like, yes, I do. They're like, oh, we go to church too. I was like, good. They're like, do you know Jesus? I was like, yeah, I do. They're like, oh, we know him too. I was like, look at this. Little kids going out and trying to tell people right away about Jesus on their first meeting. Come on. So these girls are amazing. And they've actually been planning. They're like, you need to come back and sleep here so that we can have a whole day with you. Again, more kiddos from our community. This little boy, um, when I went back after Christmas, um, I got acquainted with this little boy. Oh, I can't remember his name right now. He has a very hard name. 
it's like Song Kong Not, something, something kind of hard to say. But he's disabled. He's about 10 years old. Um, supposedly he was born with his hips and legs not working. And so he actually sits out on the street and begs for money while his mom sells these little flower things. And so he has just a very small amount of words. He could recognize like a backpack, and he knew that you carry the backpack. Um, he knew like water and Coke and cause these are things that people would give him. So he knew, the, knew these very small words. And so amazingly enough, we were able to work with the mom. Um, and when I went there, you know, I, I ended up getting to do social work. I think I've shared this, that before I left to Cambodia, I heard Jesus. He said, Christy, you know, you thought you were done with social work. And I was like, okay. And that's all he said, because he likes to leave me with cliffhangers. So I was like, what does this mean? Like, when I'm done, I'll come back home and do social work? Like, what, what does this mean? He didn't start revealing it till October. And so I actually do a lot of social work there. And so he's one of our social cases. Um, before I left, we got to partner with another NGO um, who actually has services for disability, um, kids with disabilities. And so we were able to get him into that program. They're going to offer him physical therapy, school, a place to stay with hot mail so that he doesn't have to be out in the hot sun begging on a busy street. So this is an amazing story for him. Again, this is our community. You can see all that trash. That's literally between two houses. And so they just, you know, I mean, you're on the trash dump. What are you going to do with the trash? You just throw it. So you're just making the piles bigger and bigger and bigger. This lady, um, the one right next to me, her name is um, Ming Lon. And she always cooks in front of our little kids club. So her smoke always comes in. And it's hot and smelly. And we're just like, oh, Jesus. But we love her, right? And it was the same thing with her. Now, she's been out there for years, and our team has not been able to make any connection with her. I mean, they greet her and all of that. But same thing. They sit when they cook. I can't probably do it, but they literally cook like this. So they're, they're like this the whole time. They don't put their bottoms on the floor. And so she, that's how she cooks on the sidewalk. Um, and so... I would walk past her, and I was like, okay, Jesus, you got to give me something for her. And he wouldn't give me anything at first. So then I was like, you know, sis and I greeting her. And then I just started with my same thing. I would just touch her shoulder, kind of start that way. Now, this has been since I got there in September. So finally, after I got back from Christmas, she has opened up. She sought us out. And again, this is a story of how we can miss it. So one of our teams, we do visits that day. So one of our teams was like, hey, we need you all to go visit this lady. So our regular social worker wasn't there. We were going with, with one of the other guys. And so he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know where she's at. We'll go there. So we literally walked from our kids club all the way to the end. We get there, and he's like, oh, she's not here. I don't see her. Well, we didn't know who we were looking for. So we're like, are you sure? Like, maybe let's look around. We look around, and he's like, no, she's not here. So we walk all the way back to our kids club. We end up ministering for another person. Well, then Ming Lone walks up. And so we talk to her, and she says, um, can you pray for me? And we're like, what? Yes. And so um, we're talking and we're praying with her. Well, then we share this testimony. This was the lady we were looking for. And so we're like, dude, you took us all the way to the market. Like, she doesn't even live at the market. She lives right next to our kids club. What happened? Again, lost in translation. Um, another area we work in is the bars. And so we do bar ministry on Friday nights. And so it's hard to see. But the two ladies here, this way, those are two of the, the ladies that work in the bars. This one that's right in front, she's probably 15 or 16. 
Um, she's one that we're building a case on to try to get her rescued out. Um, and then the one behind, we think she's probably about 17. And then this lady next to me with the peace sign, that's actually our director, Kelly. And so we go out and we get to just, when we go to the bars, um, we don't go in as like, oh, we're doing ministry. We go in as a, a way to just sit with the girls, talk with them, and get them like with us for a few hours so that they don't have to be doing anything with the guys. What I will say again about this, about carrying God's presence is, when I first started the bar ministry, and I'm trying to see there are kids here, um, one thing that they warned us about was that when we go into these bars, um, they're bars, but they're really brothels. Um, no acts take place there. They have to take them away. But there are things that we would see that you wouldn't typically want to see. And some of the things they describe, they're like, yeah, it happens every time. Like, we've nicknamed her this. And I was like, well, why would you nickname her that? Because you're just speaking that over her. I was like, that's not okay. Like, we need to find out her name. And so we eventually found out her name. But things that they said were going to happen, I personally was like, well, I don't want to see that. And I'm not okay with that. So I was like, Jesus, I want to go do this, but I don't want to see that. You know, I never saw it. And they never did it. And I was like, you guys, that's the thing. If we, if we nickname whatever we see, that's what's going to continue. We're speaking that over them. But if we speak life into them and speak existence and speak truth, then that's what we're going to see. And so I did see some other stuff because of what it was. One day I was absolutely disgusted to the brim. Like I literally was just, I had everything in me to not get up and go just grab these girls away. It's really sad what happens in these bars. And, and I'm going to tell you that it is not a choice. If you believe prostitution is a choice, you really need to go to the Lord with that because it is not a choice. Um, Ladies, I'm going to speak to ladies, because I don't really know if guys have these issues, but I know ladies, we have these issues. We have self-esteem issues, don't we? We typically compare ourselves to other ladies, to what's on TV. We worry about the way we dress. We probably change 20 times just to get it right. Most men get in trouble because they have the question asked to them, do I look fat in this? And you answer it not right right away because you delayed your response. And so you get in trouble, right? Okay, so this is issues that we have. So... This is what I want you to picture. I want you to picture this bar. And there's a lot of Chinese development going on right now. So you have a ton of Chinese influence. So this group of Chinese men come in, and they want girls. And so they now bring a parade of girls in from different clubs, because most of them have different locations. So you bring these parade of women to stand in front of these men, and they say, no, to this, to that, to this, oh, no, that, nah, nah, to these ladies. You know we already have self-esteem issues, so what is that doing? Now, most of the girls, not saying it doesn't affect them, most of them don't really want to be picked anyway um, because what they've described that happens with most of the Chinese men is horrendous, horrendous. And so, but to see this, you're like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you just want to go punch them. I've seen men coming into these clubs that have their wedding rings on that you know they're just there on business. And it takes everything in me to not go up to them and be like, does your wife know you're here? Can I find you on social media right now? It takes everything in me to hold back and not say stuff to these men. Because I also know that Christ died for them too. And they're hurting in a way that we wouldn't understand either. They're struggling with things that we've struggled with also before. And so it's very, very difficult. But we are working on cases. And, and this is why we couldn't Facebook Live this this stuff because the things I'm showing you, um, they are at risk for trafficking. These ladies are already trafficked. 
Um, this is another one of our favorite ladies. She's like on the brink of getting out. She is not. She is over 18, and so she she wants to get out, but the way these things are controlled, it's very difficult. They just can't say, hey, I'm out. It takes a lot of money, of which they don't have to even get out. Um, so that's that's this beautiful lady. Um, one Another area is the social work. So this is our social work team. There's only two of us. So this is Saddam on the... My right in the middle is our mama who, um, her name is Trump and she is blind. This is the family that many of you guys have been praying over. This is the little baby Fanny. He's such a cutie. Um, but we were actually able to save this baby. So this baby, there was an attempt on an abortion and it failed. Thank the Lord. And so thankfully the baby is born, but then she was going to sell the baby. She's had many offers to sell the baby. And we have intervened every time, and even now that I'm here, the baby is still with this family. But the same thing about words. They, were, they always called this family the blind family. And I was like, guys, we've got to know their name. Like, we can't be calling them the blind family. I know they're blind, but let's call them something else. So we call them their name. It's the Ta family. And so this is them. We often have to take them in a little tuk-tuk to get to doctor's appointments and things like that. But the very first time we took him from the hospital, I was thinking about America, first world versus third world. First world, what do you have to do to take a baby home? Car seat has to be inspected and put in. And then you have a diaper bag that's full of like five outfits and burping cloths and pacifiers and everything that you put into this humongous uh, diaper bag, right? There's no diaper bags in Cambodia, not for our families. Um, I'm holding this baby, and this one's not the newborn, but when I took him home, the newborn baby, and we're like bumping, and I'm just like, oh, and and you're crowded into this little rickshaw, and it's metal on the side, so I'm like, please don't hit his head, and sun coming in, and I'm like, you know, America wouldn't even hear of this. Like, this this would be illegal. They'd call CPS on you or something. But here, it's okay. Um... Oftentimes, so this is, we do, I also work on the Riverside. Riverside, most of the kids are homeless, but we get to host teams. So on this one, we hosted a team from Bethel, and so we got to play games and sing songs with the kids. Um, We start in the evening, so we start our kids' club about 5.30, so usually the sun sets. And so you're in the dark, like trying to color with the kids, and we have our flashlights on our cameras out. But it's amazing to see them. Oftentimes, you'll see the kids naked over at Riverside, because that's how they use the kids to beg for money. They keep their kids naked. Um, again, this is back um, a group of kids. We can get up to 50 kiddos, and so this is a bunch of our kids here. Um, the little one in the middle, if you can see her, with the, she's black and she has the little Afro head. I always think of my mom when I see her because her name is Nana, and they call my mom Nana. So I was like, oh, I'm thinking about my mom. Um, but, yeah, so, again, we're just teaching the kids how to pray. This is the cute little Vanny. Um, they always say they want me to take the baby. I've asked Jesus like three times, and he's told me no, so now I don't ask anymore. But I'm like, I would take him. And this is them. And so I show you this family because, you know in the Bible where it says it's like the blind leading the blind? So the dad is also blind. The mom is blind. And the girl in the middle, she's the oldest daughter. They've had a total of eight kids. One they successfully aborted. One they successfully sold. 
Um, and so the oldest daughter now, she's like in charge of everything. So when you see this family go out, you see the oldest daughter. Her name is Sreelia. And then the mom will have her arm on the daughter's shoulder, and then the dad will have his arm on that shoulder. And then they usually have the two little ones, this other little girl here, and then the little boy over there. Um, they'll have them in the arms as they're walking along. And so I'm like, that's the blind leading the blind. And so um, this family, we have been praying and praying and praying for Taking kids from families is not always the best decision, but we're at the point where we truly feel like that is the best decision for this family, so we're actively working on our case. Now, we do have jobs lined up for the parents. Um, They have massage by blind over there, and so those are the jobs we have for them. We just can't get them to go. So we're trying to get it to a place where they go work there. We put the kids in a foster home kind of situation, but the parents still get to go see the kids. And so um, you guys just pray that God would show us what needs to happen with this family and that it would just completely fall into place, the Ta family. Um, Again, these are our boys at the community. On a Wednesday night, I think, or maybe a Sunday morning, I shared about the anger and the rage that the kids get. This is the boy on the right I was telling you about. His name is Gola. Um, He's a big kid. He really is a big kid. Um, He could do some damage. And so I'll show you all a video in a minute. More of the bar stuff, um, just getting to sit with the girls. This is, an, this is a different bar than the first one I showed you. And so, again, you see the young girls. Legally, they're supposed to be 18, so they all just say they're 18. Um, we do outreach street ministry. This was a group of guys we met. They're all Khmer, but they were all living in the U.S. and got deported. Um, they had committed crimes, so the minute they got out of prison, they got deported back. So they're over there, and we got to minister with them. Again, just more of the bars. Um, these are some of our kiddos. That's Nana with her cool glasses in the front. Sorry, I'm trying to just go through quickly because we're running out of time. This is Kanshina. This is their outfit. And so we, through Iris, there's a Stop for the One program where they help with, like, school stuff. And so we'll get money from them, and we get to buy the school uniforms um, once a year, give them a backpack and school supplies. And then just teaching the kids how to worship. I've shared that with you guys on Wednesdays before. Um, these two ladies, um, actually there's three ladies, but the two in the middle, this is Teen Challenge. So they have Teen Challenge over there because drug addiction is a problem. And so we were able to get these families into Teen Challenge. Right before I left, the family on the left, the lady with the little girl in front, there's actually another little girl that's not in there, um, she completed the program, and so we couldn't find anything, like, anywhere to give her. She had no family support, no job skills, nothing. We found another organization that we were able to partner with and get her and her children over to them. And so they've given them housing, schooling, and they're teaching her how to do um, making clothes. And so God is so good, guys. This is the tuk-tuk um, that we ride to work in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We literally drive about 40 minutes in that, depending on traffic, to get to our community. This little girl in the front, her and her sister are huge um, at risk of being trafficked. Their dad has tried to sell them several times because he likes to gamble and he has huge gambling debt, so he tries to sell the kids. Thankfully, it hasn't happened, and we just continue to pray that it won't. Um, just This was a different community I got to go partner in. Where they go and serve, they literally drive about 40 minutes, 45 minutes out to a province, and they set up on the ladies' land, and we just put these little cloth mats down and teach them about Jesus and get to sing songs with them. Um, but 
right now, like the big push is getting the children to know Jesus, and then they get to share. That's Gola in the front, if you remember him. And so this kid, this was the kid that literally was going to go kill another kid. It took three of our staff members to hold him back to prevent this from happening. I mean, he had his weapon ready. And here he is worshiping the Lord with all his heart. And we have seen such a change in him. It's been amazing. But that's what it takes, like investing and stopping in the one. Um, and so this is not all of our team. We went on a staff retreat in like February, I think, end of January, February. This is most of our staff from the two bases. This little baby that's in the front, our director has, um, they're in the process of adopting him. He was the first baby they got to rescue. His name is Samuel. Um, and so he's just such a cutie. And it's been an amazing story with him. But this is most of our team here. Um, so if you guys would just pray for everybody, just continue to pray for Iris Cambodia. There's amazing projects that have been coming out of Iris Cambodia. Um, God is moving in such a crazy way. It's so beautiful to see. This verse I want to share with you. Um, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. So this verse has been with me since like last year. And, you know, we get, we get to see a lot, but then we really don't see a lot. And so there are certain things that I'm like, okay, Jesus, I, I don't get this. Like you said we would do mighty things. So why aren't we seeing stuff? Like I know that, and Larry had shared before about like things that have gone on in past revivals and, you know, we haven't seen that anymore. Well, why haven't we? Like is it truly an issue of timing? Or, or what is it? And so I've asked Jesus, like, this is not okay. Like, it's not okay to be in another country and to constantly worry about, are you going to see these kids anymore because maybe the dad finally sells them and we can't find them. Or to know that these girls are having to go through this because they are trafficked into a bar life. And then what are they going to do? It's not okay. It's not okay. I shared with you before. It is not okay to go into those hospitals and see what you see. Because I promise you, if you go into a hospital for one day in Cambodia, you will never complain about the health system here. Never. It is insanity over there. Like, we literally, you care for the patient yourself. The only thing you don't give is, like, you don't put the IVs and stuff like that in. But you do everything else. Everything else. And your families are in this room where you will probably have anywhere from 3 to 20 other people, patients, in. And when the doctor comes in to talk to one, everybody and their mama wants to know what's going on. And so they're all over there telling you and hearing and listening. So there's no HIPAA over there, okay? And so when it's time to eat, there's no hospital food. You bring the food. Now, the way they carry the food is really cool. I meant to bring one back for my mom and forgot. But it's really amazing. So you come and you sit on this floor, and here you actually do sit on your bottom at the hospital, which really is the place you shouldn't, but you do. But you have bloody stuff right next to you, and it's, it's insanity. And I promise you, you would never say a bad word about the healthcare system here because it is crazy. And people go into debt just to go to the hospital. They would rather try to die at home than go to the hospital because it puts their family into debt. To get blood is $70. 
$7 for one little bag of blood when the average salary there is about 250 to $300 a month. $70 is usually what they pay to rent a room, not a house. I meant to put the picture up here, and not to make anybody feel bad, but, you know, oftentimes when you're getting your houses ready and buying a house or building a house, you think about a kid's room and what's a kid's room going to have. And we've got to paint the walls pink or blue or this, and we have to have this and this and this. The Ta family, we had an issue where they got evicted, and so we had to get them into a new house. And so they went and found a house. And I kid you not, I have a picture with the youngest little girl sitting in the kid's room. And it is just a room that has a hole in the wall that I found out in a crazy way. I was like, where'd that kid go? He went into that room. How's he coming out of here? There's a hole in the wall that he would just climb through and come around. And there's holes in the floor that literally that two-year-old kid could easily fall through. And I'm like, and they're paying 65 a month for this place. And it's like, are you kidding me? And in America, we get to think about how are we going to decorate a kid's room and what are we going to paint it? And the furniture has to be this, that, and the other. And they don't have furniture, mind you. They sleep on the floor. They have no furniture, none. Their, their clothes are in trash bags that are hung on the wall because that's how the mama can know where, which bag to dig into. And so these things that, and not that we take for granted, but, you know, that we should probably be a lot more thankful for in our everyday life. But what God is showing me is that first world versus third world. How can we, as, third, as first world countries, help third world? What can we do to get resources to them? Money is not the long-term answer. It is a short-term solution, but not a long-term answer, okay? And that's where we're at in our organization with our social work cases. We can't keep supporting you forever. What can we do to help you to support yourselves? That's where we're at, okay? Um, But what I wanted to share about the testimony of God, um, what God was speaking to me was about, um, it's in Revelation, I wrote it down, Revelation 19.10. For it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to Jesus. So I started thinking about that. Okay, prophecy, prophecy, this is true. And then I don't remember which, which, by, which book it's in, but um, I think it's Paul who writes about the spiritual gifts, that um, we should eagerly, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. So each and every one of us has the ability to have prophecy. We all have it. Okay, so I start thinking about that and then I think about, okay, and Jesus said we would do greater things. Okay, and then I think about Peter's shadow, especially when I go to these hospitals and see the things I was seeing. I went to a kid's hospital and that is mind blowing as well. And I think, okay, Jesus, Peter's shadow like was healing people, just the shadow. And then there's another one where I think it was Paul, like his robe um, a piece of his robe. So a piece of cloth was used, and, and just the cloth, like, brought healing to somebody. So I think, okay, Lord, like, the time we're living in, we need this. Like, we need a change. We need a shift. We need to see what was going on here to go on in our daily lives. Why aren't we seeing it? What Larry talked about on Wednesday, I don't want to bring out that whole topic, but what he talked about on Wednesday and about a church being host, I was like, you know, I know we don't agree with that, but my mind was, What if there was a church that was so full of the power and presence of God that the minute anybody who was sick would walk into that door would immediately be delivered and set free? What if we were walking in, it's what, Isaiah 61, where he came to set the captives free to a release of of, um, the prisoners from darkness? What if that was what happened when we walked into a door? And not even that, like we carry atmosphere. I think that's why Larry has said before, like, 
people are drawn to that because you carry something. What if you're in thriftway shopping and somebody sick walks by you and they fall out in the presence of God? What if that was to happen? And when I left Cambodia, like God had already been dealing with me, and I told the team, I was like, guys, what if we went out to the riverside and we just walked in a line and as we're walking by, people are just falling out everywhere and people are being delivered. And the king's palace is literally two streets away from all these bars that we go to. Well, not two, probably seven. But still, the point is, it's right in the king's backyard. Well, guess what, guys? Where are we at? We are in the king's backyard, bottom yard, but still, we're in the king's backyard. What if we actually carried the kingdom? The prayer, the one prayer that Jesus teaches us is what? Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What is his will? What if we could truly walk in that and see that? And that's where I'm at, guys. And I'm telling God, it's in Malachi where he says, test me in this. So he allows us to test him. I've, I truly believe him for that. Finances has been mind-blowing amazing how he provides that. I believe him. So I'm like, okay, Lord, can I test you in this other area of greater things? Like, why? What do we need to do to see this? Because we should all be walking in that. I love what Pastor Bill Johnson says. Uh, God did not call us to sit in a church. He didn't. Like, it says, let your light shine. And I remember I heard one message, and it was kind of funny the way he put it. Not so nice, but funny. Um, about how, how's the light going to shine when the church roof is covering everybody's light? I was like, oh, that is good. That is so true. Because it's good. Because that's what we do. We come to church, and we do what? Right? And Miss Nora's not here today, and I, I was hoping she would have been because I remember one time a few years back that she shared a story with us. And I want to say, you know, Miss Nora's amazing. She stands up and she shares it with everybody because it's a good word. And actually, she might have shared it on a Wednesday. But she shares a story about how she purposed in her heart she wanted to hear from God. And so she says, okay, God, I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to go on a walk and I'm going to hear from you. And so she starts her walk around San Andreas, I think. I mean, San Andreas. And so she starts walking and she doesn't hear from God. And not far into her walk, she says, okay, God, I want to hear from you. And she keeps walking and she hears nothing. And she's like, okay, God, I, I want to hear from you, but you're not talking. And she keeps walking. And she's like, okay, God, well, if you're not going to talk, then I'm just going to talk. And so she immediately starts talking and giving it all to God. And it's funny because I'm like, that is so true. We say we want to hear from God, but we're the ones doing all the talking. And mostly what do we talk about? And I'll say this because it might not be you, but most of the time we talk about Oh, Jesus, I need you to do this, and I need you to heal this person, and this, my daughter's driving me crazy, and my son, and my kids, and my grandkids, and this, and that, and this, and I really need this, and didn't you say you were going to do this? And, okay, that's good, right? That's what we do. So, parents, I'm going to tell you, what would your relationship with your kids be like if all they ever did was come to you and say, Mom, I need you to cook me supper. Mom, I need you to make my bed. Mom, I'm having a problem in school, and I need you to go beat this kid up. Would you like that relationship? If all your kids did ever ask you for money, Mom, I need $5. Mom, I need $10. Mom, I need $20. And I know some that's what they do. But if that's all the relationship was, is that the relationship you want? So how do we expect God to be okay with that kind of relationship on our end? But he desires more. And I truly believe that's where the answer comes from, those two things, relationship with him, and then in John 17, unity. You know that it says that 
that we're supposed to be united. Why? Why are we supposed to be united? So that the world would believe. So why do we have all our social issues here? Could it be because we're not united? Could it be because the church isn't doing their function? Could it be? I think it is. I, God didn't tell me, yes, Christy, that's it. But I really think that's it. If we would start focusing truly on a relationship with him and walking in his power, and that's what I want to share because that's one of the things he was showing me, tying it all back into what was shared in worship and Larry this morning. It's about the three themes were about him reigning. So typically people reign from a throne, being in heavenly places, and prophecy. And so in Ephesians 4.16, it says, Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So there's our throne, right? We talked about reigning this morning. We go to his throne. And then in, I shared Revelation 19.10. And then in Ephesians 2.16, it says we are seated in heavenly places. And so we all know that we're called to be kings and priests, right? We all understand the king part. That's easy. It's easy to understand. Sometimes we don't fully understand that we are kings and priests and that we are royalty. Um, we need to get that into our identity. But the other part is the priest part. And I started thinking about the priests. And so priests, when it was first established way back in what Exodus, priests did what? It was only the priest that could enter into the Holy of Holies. That was his job. He was the only one who could go in. But then when Jesus died, what happened? The curtain was torn in two as a sign that we could enter in, that we no longer had to go to a high priest, but that we could go to the Holy of Holies. And so I ask this, is our prayer life always just asking or complaining or moaning or grumbling or pleading or begging? Is that truly going into the Holy of Holies? Because if we truly carried his presence, I'm going to say this. I have family members who are smokers. And you don't have to see them smoke to know they're a smoker. Why? You smell it. You smell the smoke on their clothes. You smell the smoke when you go into the house. If you move a picture frame, you see the outline of smoke. Like, you know there are physical signs there that will tell you they're a smoker. So what if we go into the Holy of Holies? How should we come out carrying that beautiful, sweet aroma? Because what is the prayers of the saints? It is the incense in heaven. So we should be coming out smelling like heaven. Heaven come, the Lord's prayer, should be because we have entered into the Holy of Holies and we are bringing heaven on earth. That is how heaven comes. And so what I want to challenge you, because I've challenged myself, is that. Are we going into the Holy of Holies enough? And how are we entering in? Are we just taking a list of demands? Or are we coming in to worship the King? Because we know we're seated in heavenly places. So if we're seated in heavenly places there, then we're seated in heavenly places here. And we should see shift and transformation and change. We should see that our kingdom culture is what influences um, our government, not the 3% of the population. Because that's about what it is for the LGBTQ community. 3% of the population is influencing when the Christian kingdom culture should be what's influencing it. And so I just want to challenge you guys. I want to read this as I close with this. I want to read this over you, and it's in Ephesians 1. This is another one where I'm just like, okay, Lord, okay. Ephesians chapter 1, 
starting in verse um, 17 or 16. I can start in 16. And this is Paul's letter. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people, and in his incomparably great power, for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come and so it is by that power it is the same power we carry what was Peter's shadow The Holy Spirit. What was the power that raised Christ from the dead? Jesus didn't raise himself. It took something else. It was the power. What does Acts, I think it's 1 or 4, say? You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. So what is the power? It's the Holy Spirit. So we have got to deepen our relationship with Holy Spirit with Jesus and with God, the Godhead, all of them together, so that we can truly see change in everywhere we go. And so I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys. You have supported me financially, with prayers, just every way you can to send me to Cambodia. Um, you know, that, that's the life calling that God has on me, to be a missionary, to go out, to take the word. But I still love my country. I still love America and I'm still thankful for America. And I want to see transformation in America. I want to see where these crazy laws aren't what's going to be enacted, where it's going to take a veto power or anything crazy. It shouldn't even be an option because we should be going out. And so ask the Lord what it is that he wants you to do. How can you change the environment around you? How can you shift that culture to where Andrews is known for kingdom culture? not just the church. And I loved hearing Larry say that three, three pastors are coming together. It'd be great if it's more, but guess what? Three's a start. Three's a start. And if we never start, how are we ever going to get anywhere? If I never said yes and went to Brazil, I'd never end up in Cambodia. You have to start somewhere. And sometimes we hide under, oh, but God's timing, God's timing. You know what? Jesus cursed the fig tree. Was that right? If you truly read the miracle, was the, fig, was the tree supposed to have figs in that season? No, it wasn't fig season, but he cursed it anyway. So Jesus is the only one that can expect for us to produce something, even if it's not in season. And so don't use time as an excuse. It's time to start. That's the time. And so I just want to say I love you guys. Thank you. I pray that I've encouraged you and challenged you. Um, y'all are all amazing. And so, yeah, God bless you guys. Let's Is there church tonight? Okay, so no church tonight. Let's just pray and be dismissed. 
Oh, Papa God, you're so just wonderful. And Lord, I just pray that, that the words that you spoke today, that the things that came out would just help us to truly understand our identity in you, that we would know that we are a generation of kings and priests, that we are able to just change culture and transformation. I pray that everybody in here, that the first thing that comes off of us is the odor of heaven, the aroma of heaven, the beauty of heaven, that people, when they see us, they would see you because we're supposed to be a reflection of you and that papa our words would be just completely transformed that if a grumbling is about to come out that the holy spirit would stop us and that we would just switch it to something else somehow making it into a positive but that we would be able to just focus on you lord i ask that for every single word that has been spoken over all of us here that they would come to fruition, that we would remember them, Papa. If we've forgotten them, that you would, Holy Spirit, remind us of what was spoken. Even to say, I want you to go back and listen to such and such recording on such and such date. That's the beauty of this church and this body, Papa, that we can go into an archive of all the amazing speakers that have been here and listen to things that have been spoken. And so I just thank you, Papa, that we're going to go out. One, we're going to enjoy a day just remembering not only what, what this day is, but also remembering you and remembering that our relationship with you is what you desire and it's a relationship of just even just sitting and basking in your presence lord letting you speak to us for us to stop talking to just listen and hear you i thank you jesus for the journeys that you have each and every one of us on and i believe for great things out of this body in the amazing mighty beautiful name of jesus amen enjoy your weekend